Hello and welcome to the Selfish Podcast. Today's guest, Chris, is a beautiful soul that I met online and I'm really intrigued. I know very little about him, but I'm very intrigued to get to know him and hear more of his life and his story. So welcome, Chris. Where in the world are you and what time of day is it? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, um, I am currently in Brisbane, so Australia, um, and it's currently 9, 10, 10 past, 10 past 9 p.m. Oh, nice. yeah. I love just to know where people are because it's so beautiful to be able to connect in this instant so easily. Yeah, man, it's amazing. It's good over here. Oh, nice. So I want to get to know you on a deeper level and get to know a bit more about your life. And I really love to hear people's childhood. So can you like paint me a picture of what your childhood was like up to like 10 years old? Oh, man, that's a, that's a hard one for me as well. Well, it's not a hard one, but I was born in Congo. So mm-hmm. Democratic Republic of Congo, that's a uh, center of Africa. Um, yep. For those who don't know, uh, so I was born there back in '94, um, but unfortunately, as most African countries are consumed by war, so I left Congo. I fled from Congo with my parents when um, back in 1996. So when I was about two years old, um, we fled. Uh, I guess by foot, whatever you can get your hands on and just leg it, um, and that was it. So I ran away from Congo when I was two years old. Uh, so and there from from two years old till about eleven is when we moved to australia so from 2 to 11 we lived in refugee camps um and that was bad yeah that was my life story um so left congo i think i think uh, look I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in with what i know or what i think i know um mm-hmm. so i think we we lived in tanzania refugee camp for a bit uh moved a bit from tanzania made our way all the way down south to zimbabwe where i spent most of my childhood till we came to australia okay and so up to about 11 you were still in refugee camps yeah what, what what was life like then how did you do for example like school and education what was that process yeah so it, so it were refugee camp the way it works is um always me being a kid i only knew the minimum but all i know is we were, we were educated uh we had school um but obviously we were very limited on what we could do what we could i guess in terms of independence is very is very restricted because uh, obviously it wasn't our country and we're there to be helped, essentially. Um, so we were treated differently. But obviously, you know, it was safer than where we came from originally. So uh, it was a blessing to be there regardless. So obviously, still had primary school, did school. Um, and um, yeah, so we were given, and I believe we were given food um, once a month. So UN, our UNHCR, which stands for United Nations High Commissions for Refugee. Um, and there it's, I guess it's the Department of UN, which just looks after refugees in general. So they come out with trucks of food and they'll give it to families. Um, and that can, I believe, if I'm not wrong, again, I was young. Um, and that comes out once a month and that gives out food to different families within the refugee camp. And uh, that's how you were fed. Okay, yeah, no, nice, really interesting. And so in that time, do you remember like, because obviously it's a very uh, different life, but it's the only life you would have known. But did you yeah. have, do you remember your first sort of like goal or ambition or something you just wanted to be or do with your life? Oof. I've always, since since I was young, I've always appreciated the human body. Um, and also, I guess, in terms of the, the biology of the human body itself. Um, so in my mind, I've always want to have the idea of being a doctor. Um, that's always been since 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 day one. It was either um, 
yeah, a doctor has always been in my mind. I don't know why, just, I guess, the heart of knowing, how, seeing the life that we lived and I me mean, just wanting to help people. And I think I was very interested in the human body and I felt, you know, the doctor is where I want to be at. Oh, nice. Interesting, yeah. like, like you said, that service and wanting to actually help people and you, again, saw exactly. a lot of people that were being helped since, like, the start of your life. Yeah, so it's always been just wanting to help people because, obviously, we were being helped from when I was two, I guess, till you know i guess yeah. till i was 11 yeah so i just thought you know what if someone's nice to me i better you know give the same service to someone else if i can and that was it yeah and from what you remember of that time like how was your parents what was your life like with your parents did they work or how was no, that so we weren't we weren't allowed to work mm-hmm. um in terms of uh going out and looking for jobs i don't think we could again i was young I uh, didn't really know much about it, but we were in refugee camp, which was far away. It was very distant from the main city. Um, I think it was about maybe t- 10 hours drive. Again, no one had cars. We were just living our lifestyle there. You could do little projects within the refugee camp, um, but that's about it in terms of actually working or going out looking for jobs. It wasn't really, um, I don't think it was, it was a place where we could do that. I don't okay. think. Yeah, yeah. So, but my mom and dad, mom and dad did, did what they could do. Mom, 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 mom had a mass started gardening, and I guess you know, agriculture, and um, and because dad had a degree in agriculture and all that, so he understood how to obviously garden and you know look after crops properly. So we did that within refugee, and obviously, you know, that grew and had um, chicken run and little 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 farm happening. So that was sort of like sustaining in terms, you know, when you get off, you're given food for 30 days, sometimes it finishes early, sometimes it doesn't, and, you know, you got to have backup. And that was, uh, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. How was, like, what was your sort of friends and friendships? You had? Was there lots of other kids? Was it only other refugees then you're surrounded with in the camp? Yes, 100%. Um, so it was, we used to walk from, from the refugee camp to the school. It, I'm talking in Zimbabwe, which is the latest refugee camp where we lived. Uh, and that's the most memory that I have. Um, so we walked about 2K, roughly, from the refugee camp to the school. Um, and, uh, so, and, and I guess that school was both mixture of refugees, mostly refugees, but there was also some indigenous as well lives in that area. Uh, and it came to that school. So I made some friends with them. But then again, at the end of, this, at the end of school, everyone went down ways. After school, everyone went down ways. People went back and... Us refugees went back to refugee camp. And um, yeah, so I guess most of my friends, uh, close or, you know, all my friends were refugees as well because we were in the same, in the same camp. Okay. Uh, now, it may be something to do with that, or it may be something totally different. But what comes to mind when I say, what was your earliest struggle in life? And this could be like teens or, like I said, pre 10. What, what comes to mind first? My earliest, oh, I think, I think it's maybe the language barrier. I think coming, living in Zimbabwe, where we learned their language, and obviously, and I speak Swahili at home. So, um, coming to Australia at 11, 11 years old, um, and having to adapt to learn Australian culture, Australian language, obviously, being English, uh, and also trying to navigate through studying school in a completely different country, different environment, different culture. So, that was the hard part about it. But, you know, thank God that my parents, you know, taught me 
the basic socializing skills and obviously me being uh, loving sports, it was kind of an easy way to sort of adapt to making friends. So thank God for that. But I think the hardest part was, you know, adapting the culture, changing the culture, uh, learning the language, and obviously not speaking English. The, the best I could say was hello. So I had to sort of like learn my way, you know, navigating through grade six, um, grade six and grade seven, how Australia works. Um, also while preparing myself for the high school and also learning English itself. So that was pretty, pretty difficult, but, you know, make the right connections and good friends and you pick it up pretty quick, I guess. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so how, how was that? Like, how was your teens then with, with that period of, like you said, the complete culture shift and yeah. how you felt your life was compared to what it, was of your memory sort of thing at that time how did it feel like to be around other kids that haven't had that same sort of life experience um it was it was it was different um for me i didn't really so much focus on my past i think i was given an opportunity to come to australia by the un i guess we australian government gave us an opportunity to start a new life so mm-hmm. my main focus i guess changed or shifted from so much of focusing on what was to where I need to be. Um, so I started focusing on more of like, you know what, I need to learn this, 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 that. And at the same time, while doing this and just adapt to the culture. Um, at the same time, my parents always told me to never forget, obviously, my my culture or where I'm from, which was very important because obviously those things is what makes me me. Um, and then so, in say, so in saying that, it was very important for me to, to continue to not forget who I was or where I came from at the same time, also learning and adapting and learning all these new um, ways of how Australia is, you know, because um, yeah. only then is when, you know, I really can sort of understand where I'm at and, you know, adapt to those struggles that will come with me being a teenager. Um, and obviously, and you know, finding a good support system in terms of, you know, if I need help in terms of languages, who can I go to? Um, if I find, if I need help in terms of, you know, when I with the edge where I can get a job, who do I go to? How do I do that? And um, so it's just, yeah, just finding that balance where um, I was able to adapt and still learn, but not get so much stuck off where I was, but start focusing on, you know, where do I need to be and just focus on that. Take little baby steps. Yeah, nice. And while you're speaking uh, perfect English now, how, how long did that <laughs> take you to actually pick up the language so fluidly? Oh, man, years of training, I guess, you know. <laughs> what would you do to train? Was it classes? Was you doing lots of home stuff, writing down words? How did you? How did you sort of do it? Uh, for me, it was more like I said before. I was very sporty, so I played a lot of sports. So me, you know, there's so much you can learn theory, theory wise. But for me, it was more practical. You know, so me spending more time out. Look, it was it was it was, it was the best way for me to learn. You know, for me being out playing football, soccer. Um, and just always just talking to the guys on the field, I found it, you know, it was easy for me to pick up English, pick up words. Um, and at the same time, I got into doing mountain bike riding with some mates from school. So just spending time with people who spoke fluent English. And I guess, you know, the more I heard it, the more I picked up different accents, the more I picked up different languages, different words, and uh, slowly adapted and learned and, you know, kept, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. So I, I guess just surrounding myself with... Um, with people who spoke good English and I guess I, my brain just grasped and then just hold on to it. And yeah. 
Yeah, no, I see, I see a lot as I, as I move around and go to different places where there's different languages. And especially now, so many people are learning English at an early age. Um, yeah. But I have a lot of the children translate for the parents because the parents never got to learn the language or are still like just know the basic phrases. And the kids yeah. can speak fluently already. How's your parents with English and how who learned English first? You or your parents? Or I did definitely they ask. Uh, definitely us. And I think um, all the kids speak fluent English um, with almost close to no accent or African accent. Um, but mom and dad, they speak with a thick accent and sometimes some words don't really understand. They don't really understand some of the words. So we'll step in and help them out and stuff. Just because obviously for, for us, you know, we had more mates to we were always out doing things around. And, you know, we're still in school. And we're young. And I guess our brain was still developing as well. Let's not forget that. Uh, so it was easy for us to pick up. So in terms of our parents, we definitely picked up English faster than them. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are your parents now with settling Australia? Are they that they're satisfied with their sort of what happened in their life with the move? Is there cravings uh, to ever go back to Zimbabwe? Uh, well, well, Zimbabwe, because technically Zimbabwe is not our country. Like even though we grew up in Zimbabwe, it's still not home. Uh, technically, Congo, where I was born, is where home is. Um, where there's, I don't know how much of peace there's in Congo. So, you, you know, as much as we'd love to go, well, as as they'd love to go back and, you know, live in your own country, um, in terms of safety, how safe is it to to have a dream and go back to it is a real question. Um, yeah. So, you know, they, they, they're lo- at the end of the day, they're loving where they're at the moment because obviously everyone's safe. You know, kids can have goals and, you know, um, have goals and actually have a future here, a safer future. Um and they can grow. Um, yeah. So instead of, you know, being stuck, you know, if, if things work out for the, for the best, that Congo is back in peace and we can go back and this and that, you know, I wouldn't mind going back um, to either visit or whatever. But, you know, my, I've lived in Australia most of my life than I lived in Africa. Um, but at the end of the day, home is still home. That's 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 that. You know? Yeah, the Congo has always fascinated me because just it's such a different place to pretty much it. everywhere is different, but there's just something unique about it and the position of it. And but as far yeah, as I've known, it's always been sort of like the one like top. I don't know if it's in the top ten, top five, like don't go areas in the world. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, no, it's 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 a, it's a beautiful country. Everything from mountains to the forest to the animals, the culture, everything, the music, man, and even the food. Everything about Congo, you know, look, Africa itself is the same, but Congo is just amazing and it's beautiful. And I'm not just being biased because it's my country, but it, it's an amazing place. But you know, at the same time, the beauty also attracts the the carnival, which which is the war. Everyone wants what's in or what's underground which is all the minerals and uh congo at this point still doesn't have peace because of that um but yeah yeah i've got two questions i'm interested in just what uh the first one came when you mentioned the food what mm. what's like a what's a dish from the congo what's like a traditional dish what look that be? i'll be lying to you if i told you all the dishes or if i took that as master chef so i won't go to, I, I won't but do you have a favorite there's one that you just remember but, like a but I know. Um, so every, every in African country, every every country in Africa share a similar meal, but everyone calls it different. So in 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 Kong, in, in Zimbabwe, where I sort of grew up, we call it sadza, S A D Z A sadza. Um, other country, other parts of of uh, of Africa, some call it fufu, um, and just you know, it, it's almost like a. Um, 
like like it's made out of um it could be maize flour so maize mm. being grind down and um the flour from that is made into like a mashed potato or more similar um and you can eat that with either you know um could be veggies or you could eat that with uh steak however you want um so that's one of the main dishes and then again you go to different parts of congo and everyone eats like something different but that main one is what most people know and eat okay what do you say sadzu sadza 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 is that similar then because I had some uh, very close people to to me that were Nigerian and I'd have sometimes yeah. their sort of like food. And mum would make it look like dough balls, but I wasn't sure what the flour, what the yeah, thing yeah, was yeah, used. Yeah, and you sort it, of yeah. all rip at it like a big ball and you yeah, have yeah, that with the like that's sort correct, of stew yeah. or the meat. That's oh, okay, correct, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah, because yeah, I wasn't sure if it was yaka or what. Well, I wasn't actually sure. Yeah, but yeah, every, everyone calls it different. Everyone, everyone in Africa calls it different. Okay, very interesting. And the other question I want to know is like, so what's what's the to your sort of knowledge? What's the sort of main um, mineral sort of what's in the Congo that people are trying are so thirsty for? Is it oil, like you said, or is it the minerals or gems? It, it's more. It's more of the minerals, and uh, um, the, I think it's more of the minerals. Um, everything from parts that make iPhones to uh, silver itself. Um, for example, a perfect movie is uh, Blood Diamond. For example, that movie—that's a yeah, classic example one, yeah. of of uh, of you know what happens and how you know that sort of stuff is being is wanted a lot to the point where there's no peace in the country, sir, because everyone around it wants what's in it and they'll do anything for it. So it's everything from you know from minerals to metal itself, because uh, I know iPhone's got parts over that's also that's picked up in Congo um you know and yeah so yeah I'm interesting because I yeah I remember Blood Diamond it's a impactful film and very interesting yeah and, for sure um, so why what age was you say when you watched that and like how did that feel to see a film like that and see that's like a country that your parents had to leave because of sort of that stuff is happening oh man I think I watched it when I was um um I watched it when uh oh, what, when did it come out? I think I was maybe grade grade nine, which means I was maybe fourteen or fifteen. Um uh yeah, but I, I watched I, I know I know the movie itself came out during back in two thousand six. Back in two thousand six, but I think I watched it much later because obviously the violent. Uh, mm. I wasn't sort of allowed to watch that much violent. But um yeah, so when I watched it, it was it was kinda like, yeah, this is the stuff that, you know. I know, obviously, from you know the talk that I've had with my parents and seeing what is happening, um, it, it was kind of it, it was sad because I know most people, um, just like that movie itself shows, some of the kids weren't as lucky as I am right now. Um, some of the kids or some of the families weren't as lucky as my family. Some of the, some of the families lost their lives in the Congo, um, but you know, uh, so it, it was it was quite a man that could have been you. You know, that could have been mm. your family. Um, but thank God that, you know, I'm alive and I was able to escape all that, you know, regardless of all the, obviously all the, of the lifestyle that I went through in refugee camp, it's still a lot better than being one of those kids in those movies in, in Blood Diamond, for example. That's just a perfect example of, you know, what my life could have been like compared yeah. to how it is, you know? Um, so, man, look, 
it, 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 the movies like that hit home because you you look at yourself and you're like you there is nothing more special about me than that kid you know the same kid uh, probably maybe going to same school but you know just just the luck or you know just thank god that i managed to my parents managed to get us out quicker and um yeah but then in saying that you know just because we escaped i don't know i know i lost a lot of family members um <clears throat> in that time of escape who i don't know to this day if they're alive or not you know and this has been since 90 back 90 96 um yeah. so <laughs> no yeah it's really interesting um what do you think you're if you was to now sort of meet yourself in them first years when you came over like between the 11 and 13 what do you think your younger self would like think of you now what would they say about you um oh so if if my 11th year old me um met me now what would they say yeah um don't forget don't forget where you come from because uh, the the journey that I went through is what made me me, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's very important for me to help with my uh, development. Because obviously, you know, those struggles that I faced, uh, I learned a lot from that, and uh, they shaped who I am as a person today. And I appreciate life, and I appreciate you know little things, because uh, other people weren't as lucky as I am. So yeah, it sounds forget. like definitely, yeah, definitely don't forget where you come from. Yeah, and it's definitely gonna shape your life. Uh, just having yeah. that difference and that change. So 100%. the last sort of, I think it's nearly been two years, or maybe more than two years now. But the world's yeah. been uh, in a sort of united chaos in different ways. How how has the last two years been for you? How's your life like externally and internally been? Um. Well. Mr. COVID, he was with us in the last two years. So my life in the last two years, it, it's funny because I um, I decided to change careers or pick up a new career just as COVID started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was difficult because I was starting a new, I was living in a comfortable position where an income was uh, consistent and I was pretty happy with it uh, to a career where, you know, it requires a lot more attention, a lot, lot more work to get income coming. Um, so that switch and the timing of it was very difficult because my career now really relies on me interacting with people, talking to people, being in people's faces. Um, whereas with the with the COVID situation, it means you know you need to distance, isolate, you know, stay away from people. That was the new mentality. So it's been very, very difficult um, adjusting and changing and trying to meet, you know, obviously when you've got bills to pay and all that. But in saying that, man, um, I, I am still, I'm always just counting my blessings because I, I am alive and I am still living. Um, as, as difficult as it may be, um, I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm not I'm not quitting. I'm still going because, you know, like, like the sense, at the, you know, at the end of every tunnel, there's a, there's a light. So even though it's been a very hot season for me in the middle of this changing careers through COVID, um, it's still it's still okay because I know if I keep working hard right now, 
at the end of it, there will be a light and all my hard work will, sh- will, will I guess, will pay off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And so what, what's your career now and what caused the shifting careers? So I remember at the start, I said that when I was a kid, I've always wanted to be a doctor. That was my, that was me. Uh, so when I left high school, I started, um, I started chasing my dream job, which was to be a doctor. Uh, but actually, I thought I, t- I took a different path and actually started chasing being a paramedic ambulance. Seems similar, I guess, in, st- in the health industry. So I started, um, I started university doing a, a dual degree, a double degree in paramedic and nursing. Um, mm-hmm. So long story short, uh, my first semester, uh, of my paramedic slash nursing, I um, I got injured in a massive car accident. Uh, ended up spending you know almost two weeks in a coma and about four or five months in a hospital and three years of rehab. Uh, so it was pretty hectic. So which meant at the end of my rehab or the three years of rehab, the doctors were pretty much like, "Look, I'm sorry, Christelle, Chris, uh, you've lost a chance of being a paramedic." So I had to say goodbye to my essentially my career or my dream job of where I've always wanted to be as a doctor uh, or as a, as a helper. Um, but it's okay, you know. At the end of the day, I just still, like I said before, I always count my blessings, which is I'm alive um, and not so much of, you know, here I've lost my chance of chasing my career, but I am alive and I could speak. Whereas there's people who are in the similar situation as me who weren't as lucky as I was. So again, counting my blessings and I continue to do that, uh, which is okay, but you know, I um so yeah, so at the end of that, ended my paramedic career before I even started it. Uh, started working as a manager uh, at one of the stores here, which was really good. Uh, kept going well, and um, now recently worked for about I don't know thirteen years there, a uh, couple of years or half a decade or five years as a manager, which is fun and you know paid well. And I uh, I still needed a career, so I end up switching. From that, from being a manager to real estate, which is what I do now. So selling property. So back to helping people, um, I guess, in a different way. Instead of helping them uh, with their health, is just helping them find homes. Um, I guess I need to help people, and I guess i gotta got to go back to that. So that's my new career now. What I'm trying to start up is real estate. Okay, yeah. I'm going to Korea with properties. Yeah, no, it's very interesting, and I can sort of see how it relates so much to your childhood. Like I said, going, especially going from doctor to paramedic, like you wanted to be, there must have been an urge to want to be on the front lines, like to serve whoever yeah. need as soon as possible. Yeah, so think coming that's from me. somewhere that's Call chaos, it's like that's really interesting. And then, um, like you say, a manager position where it sounds like it's just not that same service. It, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's different. Sorry, I just literally fell off my chair. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I'm like, sitting outside. Yeah, I'm sitting outside, and it literally just collapsed. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> you you got that's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, well, so he was just talking about being a paramedic, and then like yeah. the manager. And, yeah, the the home thing. Like, do you get like a large sense of fulfillment in? Like you said, because you find like you had to find a new home for your start of your life, but like not just a house, a whole country, you know, a whole a whole new culture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, how did you find that? Like finding people's homes, how did you find that? F- like fulfilling? Do you find it in in that sense fulfilling? Uh, helping people with finding their homes. 
Um, in my new career you're talking about now, huh? as a yeah. real agent. Yeah, yeah. Now, dude, it, it's amazing. I think, um, especially now at the moment, the housing market in, in Queensland, where I am, it's, it's quite demanding. So when, when you help someone um, or when you have a family and you see that you can see the smile of a kid's face when they're like, this is our new home. Oh, thanks, mommy or daddy. And you can, ju- and you can just see the happiness that, you know, they've been struggling trying to find a house. But now they've got a house. And you can see the happiness in the family and the joy. And, you know, when they pop that champagne, congratulating, put a stick on that soul, that soul stick on a sign because they've just found a new home. And or when they get the, the keys to the new house, to the joy that brings them, it's, it's, it's unexplainable. It's just beautiful to see someone or see a family find a new place since there's so much competition in Queensland right now um, when it comes to housing market. So, you know, it's it's not the same as, you know, giving someone CPR on the side of the road from a car accident and everything else, but it's just still helping someone in a different way. And it's essentially just because I couldn't continue my path as a paramedic um, in helping people, you know, who are in their worst health care scenarios, but I'm glad I can still put a smile on someone's face as they found um as as they found a house you know or their new home especially in a market like we are right now you know yeah no definitely yeah. nice uh, nice and uh, i can really hear the passion in your voice towards it. and i think that's what's important it's like as long as you've got passion everyone has to have a unique service so yeah. there's no sort of to me there's no superior service or not it's like there's multiple different things that are needed in life so and oh, I think everyone has a passion towards something. Yeah, and absolutely, man. And I think, and I, it's, it's important that you know, I I, um, I started this thing a little while ago. Where I picked up from uh, from I think I picked up on Instagram, on Instagram somewhere. Someone posted posted something that was like, "You help someone, right?" And instead of them re- instead of them giving it back to you, you ask them to pass it on. Um, hmm. It's incredible because you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, if if everyone did that. If if everyone helped someone else, imagine what world we'll be in right now. Like if everyone just had a little bit of and the one percent to help someone else, um, it would just it would just be beautiful. The 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 plan would be amazing, and yeah. uh, and I guess if I can do my part in helping someone, and I, and I do that, and I do that, and also do um SES, which is something that's completely different as well. But it's just if I can help someone, why not? So yeah, so what what's SES? So SES stands for State Emergency Services. Um, it's a it's an organization. Um, it's like a branch of the fire service hmm. uh, in Australia. So it's all volunteer. No, we don't get paid or anything. It's just all volunteer. But when there's an emergency, example, when there's fires, floods, um, hurricane, whatever you name it, whatever emergency that you can think of, even when people are missing, we we get called out and we go searching for them or we go help out, you know, searching miss, missing people. When there's big fires, we go help the fire department to put out fires. We essentially, we're here to help wherever we can help in terms of um, emergency. Yeah, so you still managed to implement that side of still being of uh, sort of that frontline service. In, system, um, yeah, in, a, in a way, I guess it's an addiction. Yeah. <laughs> it's an obsession. <laughs> yeah, or like you say, it's a... Or it's just a unique cause, like because that's again very needed. Yeah, and to do it voluntarily, like you said, it's just it has to be it has to be fueled by passion because yeah. you know you're just not going to do it if you're if you haven't got that fuel there to to do it. Nah. So no, that's really nice it's to a, hear, man. Now nah, it, it is beautiful, man. I think um yeah, everyone 
if if they can, why not? Yeah, help someone else, and yeah, doesn't yeah, so it doesn't cost it doesn't cost a lot to help someone. No, it's actually on Instagram. I saw someone the other week who's like they they was on like a reality show. And there's yeah. a really nice guy, but they suddenly built like a massive online following, like really quick because they've done this show. Yeah. And people are sending him gifts all the time. And he just like was sent a message, like a story, just saying, like, if you're thinking of sending me something, he goes, why not just give the person in the till in front of you, buy their five pound shopping or yeah. do so, give someone, he's like, pay it forward to someone else, not just because you've seen my face now, now you're sending me stuff. And it's just like them, just small acts of kindness can go such a, such a long way. Yeah, man. Yeah, so what, what have you found in the last two years? What have you found helped you keep balanced? Is there any practices or anything you do? Like you said, you're interested in the body and, and health and, and stuff. Is there anything you do that's helped you keep some balance or brought more balance into your life? Uh, so do you want to repeat that question again? Sorry, bro. It's kind, yeah. it kind of cut out a bit. Okay, yeah. So in the last two years, everyone's yeah. been under like some form of pressure and a change yeah, in situation sure. and their balance can be knocked. So if you found any techniques or any practice or anything that you do that has helped mm. bring you balance during any sort of unbalanced period in this last couple of years. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I am a, I'm a man of faith. Um, so I, I, believe in, uh, I believe in Christ and uh, God. Uh, so that uh, obviously making sure that I keep you know keep my faith up, praying and believing that you know what we, we we're not gonna get stuck here. You know this is a period and God's got us. Um, and at the same time, physically, uh, everyone needs to find their outlet. Uh, what can you do in terms of when you're feeling stressed? What can you do on that instant that's gonna help you? You know, breathe in and breathe out, or it's gonna help you relax or bring your heart rate down. So for me, I've got a few things where you know I, I love going for drives. I love just jumping in the car and go for drives, or I appreciate a good scenery. So it could be I could drive mm-hmm. to a look at and just enjoy a good, amazing view, and just take a minute to breathe in and breathe out, and just remember, you know what, we do live on a on an earth that's full of, you know, you just don't know what's gonna happen, but it's okay to just you know appreciate your blessings and not 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 focus on the what's happening. Because all the negativity will still be there, but you know, if you just keep it in a peace and just, you know, for me, I focus my eyes on God, um, and I know I'll be all right. Oh, nice. And is that something? Is the faith side something that your parents brought with them? Where did where did faith come into your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so most, um, I, I was raised in a, I was, I was born obviously, I was born and raised in a Christian family, um, but it wasn't until I was. Uh, I made my decision throughout high school that, you know, I just want to continue. But it wasn't until that car accident that happened to me um, back in 2012, where in my first semester of university, when that happened and seeing where I could have been and how I survived, um, I knew for a fact that was a miracle. And that was a, you know, that that wasn't just uh, a survival. That was, you know, that was God was in the midst of my survival. Um, and I'm a laugh today because of that. And um, that, that really strengthened my faith. Uh, and I made a decision from there on that, you know what, I'm going to be, me and my family are going to serve God. Uh, just because I know he's, he's got me from, from Congo, where I could have been one of those kids, like in those kids in Blood Diamond, um, to surviving through refugee camps and everything that came with it, you know, all the pros and the cons, or I guess, you know, all the cons with it. Um, and again, learning English and surviving high school and 
you know, gone through university or starting university as I finished high school and being impacted in these massive cracks and where I should have died, but mm-hmm. I'm alive today. And so they just strengthened my core faith and be like, you know what? God is looking out for me. And uh, that made, that gave me more concrete, I guess, to my foundations that, you know what? He's there. He's looking out for me and he's there for everyone. Um, and yeah, that's where my faith, that's where my foundation of faith is. Yeah, and you, and you feel that's kept you in a better state and balance in the last two years through that. Is yeah. there any practices? Do you, do you pray daily? Do you do any actual uh, ritual faith practices? I do, I do, I do, I do pray. Um, I'd like if I said that I, I prayed every single day, I'd be lying to you. <laughs> so, but obviously, but I do pray. I do pray. Um, I do pray. I do read my Bible every now and then. Um, you know, and I do different plans to just, you know, keep my faith and give, keep learning more about God, keep learning more. Cause there, there is a lot to learn about God and I'm just forever still learning about it. And, um, look, I'm young in faith and I'm still, and I'm still learning. And, uh, yeah, that's on that. Uh, I'm, I'm on a journey. I'm on a path to discover more about who God is. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I find faith and um, just life in general so fascinating. And when I was younger, I was uh, much more judgmental towards different faiths because I was I was brought yeah. up Christian, but then I sort of had lots of like early traumas in my life, and it made me sort of lose that faith. And then as I got older, I started like watching loads of stuff to do with debates between religious people and science people and all these things, and where they ridiculed yeah. religious and faith and people of belief. And it yeah. put me in that camp of like judgment um, yeah. where I wasn't seeing it as a big picture. I was just seeing it as the like literal sense of like people, the ridiculous parts that people can yeah. play in anything. Yeah. So it really closed me off to that area. The faith didn't re-enter my life till the last like few years. Now I can yeah, happily absolutely. say I'm like a man of faith and I have a lot of faith and I live in faith. But yeah, before for sure. faith was a taboo, a taboo word for me. It was like I cannot say that word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's funny because like it's it's always crazy because I always get these. It's funny and you get you hear the same thing over and over again. When people, someone, someone who's trying to challenge a faithful person, and I always get this all the time. It's like, oh well, if God is so amazing, you know, how come He hasn't stopped all these wars? Especially, how come He didn't stop the war in Congo? You know, how come you have to go through what you have to go through? How come you didn't stop your accident from happening? And and I'm always going answering back to it. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to start a, uh, a a religious debate with you. I'm just trying to you know try things that I've yeah. faced um, through it. And I was and I answered them. Well, then if if you want God to stop the 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 wars, right? Essentially, take over and control you. Then how far do you want him to control? Because sometimes what you think is negative, just like the war. So does he want? Do, do you want him to stop all your thinking as well? At one point, do you want him to take over your freedom of speech or your thoughts? Because it's all it's still still negative to him. It's all still sin. So if he's gonna stop the war, does that mean he's gonna stop the way you think as well? Then do you have free will then, or have you lost your free will? You know. Yeah. And then I always get those those uh, those those people get into arguments about oh god this girl i'm like mate let's just let's not focus on let's just do good let's 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 do good to people let's help each other and let's just live god where god is love love people love your neighbor and love god let's just focus on that let's not focus on the do's and don'ts and yeah yeah and that was one of my like i don't know if you've seen it i have a youtube channel where i just share my thoughts and my things and someone actually asked me to do a longer video just talking about faith but my Mm. last um one of my last videos this week was, is life fair? Because this is a question I thought about a lot in my life. And yeah, 
I thought I put it on Instagram as like a little vote is life fair and my yeah. one of my last podcast guests they actually answered on the story saying no so we was talking about it and is life fair then I made a video on it and like I said I think it's that perception and the people that say oh this shouldn't ex- if God exists this wouldn't exist like it's really yeah. easy to focus on all the things that are suffering in the world yeah. and make it look like life is unfair yeah but to me fairness is a balance and when you look at life as a whole not just humans uh, species and reality but like the earth the trees nature the jungle and it's yeah. a, there's an amazing harmony and balance there in abundance yeah um and i find some people can be fixated and the faith part of me and that is was like really opening up to witnessing and comprehending and being present on the earth and actually you know realizing we have faith in so many things um, yeah but when you lose certain uh when you lose faith you know you don't realize you still have elements of faith within you it's just it's now not as intent and it's not as open um but it was a path of my journey that was just again just life-changing you know to to be in that and i think it's going to talk about a lot more because i don't associate myself with any uh religious uh name or doctrine but i have faith yeah i i believe in there's a higher intelligence in in life and it's uh it's a beautiful thing that we're connected to and we're yeah. present with. Uh, but I feel there's a lot of people that don't want to belong to, to them groups, but there's a lot of people out there. It seems now that are opening, and especially during this time, like I said, in the last couple of years when we've been hit hard. So by life, like a slap around the face from God, you know, sort of thing, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of a wake up call. And I'm noticing this, uh, I think there's a big hunger and I think a lot of actual faiths coming back. But did you find that as a heart? Because I don't know what it's like in Australia. Where I was from in England, there's a mixture of different races and people. So there was like Muslims, Hindus, Christians, and most English people didn't really even associate with any religion anymore. Most of them um, just don't do any form of practice towards it. They might just say they were Catholic or Christian, but they didn't even go to church or the family didn't talk about it. It's just like, oh, no, that's what we are. But they don't do anything. Did you? how, How was it in Australia like even now? Uh, with your mm. friends or but in, in school and growing up how was it there with religion is that something that's um abundant or not yeah look everyone it's a you know it's free for all like, like everyone like at school I had, I had some islamic friends at school um me being a christian and i had friends who weren't or who didn't believe in faith but it wasn't my place to judge anyone in terms of where they were at where they were at mm. in terms of faith um but you know uh, in Australia, it's it's free fall, you know. Um, it's not stopped. Like you, you cannot not practice your faith. Everyone to their own. Um, I know we've got a. Is it a mosque? A mosque, Islamic church. Yeah. Um, so we've got. There's one um, in the area uh, that I know people go to and practice that. Um, I've worked in my previous job where I was a manager. Um, I had Islamic, obviously. Uh, employees there as well um and it was good and i guess obviously at the same time even you're christian and uh it's not really it's not you're not discriminated well look where what i've seen you're not discriminated um i probably shouldn't say that you're not altogether because i don't know i don't know the whole uh i don't know i don't know everywhere but you shouldn't be discriminated by your faith um yeah so that's how i from what i've experienced in australia that's as much as I've seen. Nice. And um, mm. we actually met through a podcast that I'm not sure are you a regular guest or whether it's your friends, but the Net2Work podcast. So that's where we yeah. met on Green Correct, Room. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
where did that manifest and why why are you one of the guests or are you one of the hosts how, now how one did that host podcast yeah so how that started um my my cousin funny story my cousin um lives down on a different different state to where i am so they live down in new south wales i live up in queensland um so he's got a few mates who started the podcast uh who were the original founders uh and baraka being um the genius guru that he is he started all together so my cousin also just was like oh do you want to join a second episode like of first season um they were like chris come join i was like yeah cool why not so and then from there on i've just joined and i joined and i just became one of the I guess uh, one of the hosts as well uh, since day two, I guess, if you want to call it. Yeah. And um, that's how that started. All just from like, let's just talk some, you know, just talk some smack as boys always do, but actually just dissect uh, some stuff out loud. And that's how that started. And uh, network is just, um, yeah, it just became that. And that's where we met. We've changed obviously third, third season now. And uh, we've come to meet the new as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, because like like we were saying right at the beginning of this, it's just such an amazing time to be able to connect and share. And I think that's part of a, a large service as well. It's just so I'm doing the podcast, like to share people's experiences and life. So more yeah. we we sort of experience through others, the the less sort of chaos we can have in our own lives and obstacles. Hundred no, percent. Yeah, yeah. Also absolutely. that inspiration and, I, and motivation, you know, to to build your momentum and keep your life thriving and active and productive. Especially when there's been a lot of uh, shutdown in actual communication face to face. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And it, it's funny because the last, for example, the last episode that we did there, um, we had listeners there who were actually shooting questions, wanting to actually who were actually interested in what we're talking about and dissecting to the point they were asking questions because they they themselves were also experiencing what we're talking about or or have experienced it and they wanted to know wanted to know more about it or how to deal with those different situations. So it's amazing that you know what people around the world can come together and actually just have a, a general chat about different things, different lifestyles or different life um, experiences. And who knows, someone else might benefit from it. Or if not, you know, whatever, everyone can just enjoy it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Now, I have just a few fun little questions. I ask every guest at the end of the episode, <laughs> Okay, uh, but they're Bring just short on. little ones. And, uh, but first, is there anything else that you would like to say? And if you have any contact information that you would like to share, you can drop that in as well. Uh, anything that I'd love to share. Um, I think, I think the biggest one is, you know, I think I, like I said this before earlier, I think everyone should just try this is help someone it could be big or small to help them and then instead instead of that person that you just helped instead of, instead of them returning the favor to you ask them to pass that on um hashtag pass it on and then just just pass on the positivity of passion passion yeah good english pass on the yeah. um the you know the kindness because uh, you don't know how far big or small you don't know how how little kindness can do to someone whether it's small or big, but you know, you just let's just pass on the kindness. So, hashtag pass it on. Do something kind to someone and ask them to pass it on instead of returning it back to you. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, any contact information you'd like to share? Contact information. Uh, look, you, you can find me anywhere uh, on platforms. So, oof, you can go Christel. <laughs> Christel. So, it's spelled C H R I S T L is here. Um, I-S-H-E-R. You can find me on Instagram on that. 
Um, and there's also a link to my uh, to my business on the same page. So if you want to stay in contact or if you want to reach out for any questions or anything like that, uh, that's where you find me, Chris Delcia on net, Instagram. Net two podcast that's, as well. Uh, you can find on Instagram as well. And any two uh, yeah. work W R K. That's right. I'll put N-E-2. all the links in the descriptions as well. Yeah, N E two work, all one word. So. Oh, nice. We uh, we chop and dissect our thoughts out loud on that as well. So, yeah, no, it's really interesting to be uh, to have jumped on with you guys a couple times and just to hear you all share and to be in that live moment as well to be recorded. Like this is pre-recorded, um, yeah. But the live version as well, it's just really interesting because you're having that conversation in that moment, like we are personally right now. Yeah. We're actually, but other people can join in or listen or contribute and all live. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's incredible because yeah. um, it's like it's that 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 podcast is all about just being just being real. Uh, it's all raw, it's all real. What you get is what you get. You know, there's nothing mm. else to it. We just talk smack, enjoy our life, and just to share what we what what we're thinking. And um, yeah, so it's it's a blessing to be able to share that. Yeah, nice. All right, yeah. So these short fun questions. The first one. Okay. If you had to just choose one, a cat or a yep. dog. A cat or bro, dog. Dog for days. I don't trust cats. <laughs> yeah, nice. Definitely dog. Dog. What's your favorite yeah. color? Color? Yeah. I represent blue. 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 Uh, and what would you say your what sound or noise do you love? Um, I used to play I used I used to play drums. Mm-hmm. I used to play drums. So I appreciate a good um a good drum. A drum a good drum kit. Oh, nice. And what sound or noise do you hate? Ooh. Ooh. Hate. Sound that I hate. Mm. Maybe a scratching. A scratching. A scratching or like a chalkboard. Um, yeah. Okay. And um, what would you say in this, in this moment? What comes to mind first when I say, what's your greatest fear? Height. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quick one. Oh, yeah, no, look, 100%. If you put me at a certain height, I would pee my pants. I do not do with heights. When did I'm you first tall. realize you were afraid of heights? What was your, do you it's remember? Funny, do you have a certain thing? Yeah, I was never. Because obviously, as a kid, I used to do, like I said, I used to do mountain bike riding. Um, I used to do everything from climbing trees, this and that. But I think it's when uh, maybe more after hitting maybe 16 is when my hormones kicked in. And I don't know, my height came about it and then uh yeah and as soon as i became tall bro my height fear and like i guess the fear of height just just increased so i don't i don't know somewhere along, along the lines of my uh end of uh high school it's like maybe around 16 17 is when uh things went downhill for me <laughs> but you know we we're good okay we're good. Uh, and what do you what do you love about yourself oh I think I'd have to say how um, how respectful I am. Um, oh, that's probably one thing that I can probably say big thanks to my parents for teaching me the fundamentals of respect. And of, for me, it's I respect myself because um, I know how to respect myself. I can easily know how to respect other people. And of course, that comes with, you know, if I know how to treat myself, I'll know how to treat other people. And that's everything from uh, kindness to manner and respect. But I can probably say that, yeah, my greatest quality is respect. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you love to see in others? Um, I 
I guess with, I think people have different goals in life. Um, I think it's that smile on their face when they have achieved their goal, whatever that may be, in whatever walk of life they may be in. Because um, I know for me personally, when I achieve a certain goal that I have in mind or that I've set it up for myself, um, it, it's a great joy and I feel like I've accomplished something. So for me, when I see someone achieve that, that could be anything from Korea to, um, to I don't know, maybe fitness or whatever that may be, um, it, it's a joy. So for me to see people do that or achieve greatness in their life or achieve their goals, it's, it's a, you know, I get a smile on my face. Oh, you know, yeah. It's an yeah, like you said, you get to see that now in your work as well, because like for a lot of people, it's a, such a big moment when they yeah, get their home. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, nice. And yeah. lastly, the very last question, what do you yeah. love about animals? And this is like pets or animals in the wild, whatever you represent as animals. Oh, look, my favorite animal would have to be a lion. Mm. The good old, good old Simba, <laughs> king mm. of the jungle. Um, and I think it's just how, what I love with the lion, I think it's just the, the authority. You know, the lion, you know, walks through the jungle with no fear. Um, he knows he is the king of the jungle. Um, and in saying that, and I think we should, and then that, that just that mentality should be, we should sort of like learn from that way. You know, life, life throws different things at us, but it's, it's, it's important for us to just walk, live our life with that fear and just enjoy life where things comes at us a million miles an hour or, you know, good or bad. It's okay. You know, so that trait of of a lion walking around as the king of the jungle with no fear, but with authority uh, over whatever he steps on, is what I love about animals. Well, a lion in this. Yeah, no, nice. Yeah, and I yeah. really picture it. Like you say, when you see a lion, like there's a certainty about them. There's a confidence and esteem. There's there like, is. You don't. Yeah. They don't look like they're fragile Scared and they're just no. presence. You know, there's authority. There's power. Uh, beautiful man it's been really great to chat to you and get to know more of your story a really really fascinating life and um, thank you so much for being open and sharing and connecting oh dude thank you for inviting me and giving the opportunity to chat to you over your side of the world yeah and i will uh, i'll be sure to keep an eye out for you next time you're in green room always just drop me an invite and if i can jump on or just listen in i will i do definitely we'll definitely keep you up and i love having you on board bro it's an amazing no yeah. I mean, have, have a beautiful night. I know it's night time for you, so I don't know. You, do you go to bed early or are you an early bird or do you stay up late? See, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm definitely not a morning person. Uh, definitely not a morning person, but at the same time, um, no, I, I, uh, I'm I, a night owl. So I'm, I'm up, I'm up, night, I'm up at late. Um, but what be, what time is it over there? For me, it's 1 p.m. now. 1 p.m. Okay. So midday. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, enjoy the rest of your night. And um, yeah, this will be out on every episode goes out on a Sunday. On a Sunday? I, on a Sunday, but I cannot remember now. I don't because the ASET, I've had to learn lots of time zones, but I'm mainly known European and American now. So okay. it's 8, yeah, yeah. 8 p.m. GMT and yeah. uh, 3 p.m. PST. And that's 8 p.m. Right, EST. Okay. So I think for you. So, so, be, so you're saying Sunday, one, so it'll be Sunday your time? I think it's 6 a.m. for you. I think it's 6 a.m. in Australia it comes out. So you might yeah, catch it Monday. later in the day. Yeah, on the yeah, Sunday. Yeah. Or will it be Monday for you? I'm, it will be Monday for us. <laughs> it'll be Monday for you, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. So, dude, I'll, I'll definitely be listening to it. Um, and it's just all on where can where can I listen to it? So the, it's on all podcast platforms. If you just yeah. type in the Selfish Podcast, Luke Greenheart, or any on any yeah. search, it will come up. But I also put Easy. the podcast episodes up on YouTube live um, when they premiere on the Sunday as well. Perfect. Because they go up as a premiere, people can join in in the the conversation. But at the moment, yeah. the audience is still building for the podcast, so there hasn't been too much live interaction. But I think it's quite interesting yeah. that people can, a bit like the green room itself, people can jump in and exchange and talk to yeah. people through there at the same time. Yes, yeah, so on Absolutely. YouTube and oh, uh, you just type Luke Greenheart on YouTube and you find me straight away, Can't and you'll and the podcasts are up on there as well, as well as some other bits. Perfect, my man. Thank you for letting me in, and um, thanks for the chat. Have an amazing day. Uh, thank you too. Have an amazing stay night. Stay safe. Thanks, bro. All right, much love, man. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here and listening to The Selfish Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Greenheart, and I appreciate you being here. Don't forget to check out my YouTube channel. Just search Luke Greenheart on YouTube. You'll find me. Check out my website, lukegreenheart.com. Have an amazing day. And stay tuned for more episodes. I'll be interviewing guests on their path of self-development, their path to self, getting to know them in much more intimacy, much more depth, sharing and connecting with all so we can have a much more blissful, joyful and productive life together. All right, much love. Have a great day. Thank you.